fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Wolf Pack, what's going on? Your boy, the Wolf of Roto Street, RotoStreetJournal.com. We breed and feed fantasy wolves here with your Week 11 waiver wire and your Week 10 injury report. All the injuries that are informing the waiver wire, they're so interlinked that I love to just do a show of them all together. We'll also talk about some stashes you can potentially make ahead of Monday Night Football. If you have any questions, maybe you want to chat some prop betting, showdown slate tonight, whatever it might be to get ready for this (laughs) Uh, what do you want to call this game? Bears, Vikings, yay. Uh, hopefully we get something exciting out of this Bill Lazor's big, huge offensive play calling debut. Woo. Uh, <laughs> at least there's definitely some fantasy hopes on the line. You know, Dalvin Cook, obviously a stud. I'm facing Thielen. Need him to go under 17 and a half. Praying to the fantasy gods. That happens. Jefferson. So there's still some good players out there for you guys tonight. We'll see what happens. Hopefully you get what you need. Feel free to share what you need as we get live into the show. But welcome on in, Wolfpack. Get any questions, comments in. I will hit them all towards the end. We'll take about 20 or so minutes, though, to recap these injuries, recap the big waiver wire names, and get you guys started and get you guys ahead on your league mates tonight. The first big uh, news of the day, huge news Actually kind of important, though, for our number one waiver pickup of the week. That's Jordan Howard getting waived by the Dolphins after being a healthy scratch, even though they have nobody. Miles Gaskins hurt. Uh, Breed is hurt. They still healthy scratch this dude, which is insulting. But how can you blame him after he is now 1.17 yards per carry, 28 carries, 33 rushing yards, just abysmal all season. Four touchdowns, though. The ultimate just goal line hammer, vulture, plug, whatever the fuck you want to call this loser, was doing nothing but keeping Miles Gaskin ceiling down or whoever was in front of him, now Salvin Ahmed, who we're going to talk about in just a little bit. Uh, this guy's now on to, to who knows if anyone will pick him up. Maybe he, he's a classic Ravens running back, right? They're just going to put him in and plug him in somewhere there. Maybe the Bears, though, come calling back uh, where he has familiarity with the ownership, with the coaching staff, um, and they certainly have a gap with Montgomery banged up and obviously Cohen done for the year. We'll see where he lands. There's very few places that would actually be intriguing for fantasy value, but the Bears might be the most intriguing, most available volume, at least with them activating fucking Lamar Miller, of all people, tonight. Uh, So just noting that will be big boosts for Salvin Ahmed, who we're going to dig into just a little bit more later. And Wolfpack, if you're willing to give this a share, a thumbs up, just gets us out to more people. So thanks so much if you are willing to drop that in uh, and help us get discovered by more people. It means the world. Let's chat about now Drew Brees uh, and his collapsed lung. My God, ribs, like multiple cracked ribs in a collapsed lung. That sounds like the worst possible pain you could ever undergo. A collapsed lung. Oh, my good Lord. They aren't putting him on IR, though, which suggests it might only be two to three weeks of an injury. So that's not too shabby if, if that ultimately ends up being the case. Um, but that sounds brutal. And at that age, you know, they're going to be taking it cautiously with such big playoff hopes, but in his stead, 
We're probably going to get the return of Jameis Winston. Sean Payton playing it so coy and tight to the vest. Like, oh, I'm not going to tell you guys who it's going to be yet. Uh, Not till Sunday for who our starter is going to be. Maybe it is going to be Taysom Hill. Who knows? I do know he has tight end eligibility in ESPN leagues if that's where you play. So that, that if given the way the tight end position is, it might be worth just starting Taysom Hill and hoping he gets a, you know 10 to 15 snaps instead of the usual five to six that he sees. A, a better play at tight end than honestly most that are out there. Uh, but Jameis Winston should be making a triumphant return this Sunday, which uh, is going to be great to see especially because he's getting the Falcons. And we're going to dig into these matchups just a little bit more later, but he averages a 66% completion rate, 8.7 yards per attempt, 25 TDs to nine interceptions and a 109 passer rating. Jameis Winston does against the Falcons. That's some beefy stats right there. And, and this is the worst Falcons defense we've seen amidst a litany of shit. This is as bad as it gets. So Jameis Winston right on the streaming radar, right in fantasy lineups this week at 1% owned. Again, we'll dig in more uh, later. Teddy Bridgewater, another big injury for quarterbacks, although it's looking like he could be right back to the fray this week, considered day-to-day with something somewhat mild MCL sprain. So we'll see what happens if he's out. P.J. Walker, XFL. Stand up, baby. A big, big chance for him. He lit the league up for the XFL, but of course, it's a whole different ball game. But Detroit, Minnesota, next up on the schedule, a decently tasty slate. So if you're desperation, like two QB leagues, maybe PJ Walker could be something of intrigue for you to consider there. Um, so I, I don't mind looking there at desperate moments, desperate times. Um, he's undergoing an MRI and it's initial word that it's not a serious issue. Uh, so if that gets updated, we will let you know, uh, but another Panther, much more important for fantasy lineups, Christian McCaffrey, unlikely to play in week 11. There was early optimism after his second opinion that he would be back and ready to go. Uh, but he was going to potentially miss a beautiful date with the Detroit lions, the easiest of matchups. I think number two, in terms of fantasy points allowed to running backs, could be a just smash bot 45 point burger for Christian McCaffrey. Probably not going to happen now. Mike Davis, should he start, but he's also dinged up, left the game early, would be in line for, you know, a 25 point day. I know he's been underwhelming in his recent starts, but he could really pick it up uh, this week. So we'll see what happens. It seems he's unlikely to go. And, and that's somewhat ominous in the sense that they have a week 13 bye. So what if this team holds him out? Uh, for that span, get him fully healthy. It'd be the smart move, to be honest, uh, by ownership there. So we'll see what happens with McCaffrey. To Hopefully you're somehow still alive if you had him. I was able to sell high while I had the chance, got Nick Chubb, Justin Herbert, um, and, and ultimately the owner is probably going to still make the playoffs. But it, what if they shut him down for the year? This has definitely become a lot more worrisome after last week. There was a lot of optimism that he should be back quick uh, in his uh, shoulder recovery there. And then Matthew Stafford, the, the Detroit Lions we were just talking about on the other side, playing some of his best ball the, the year. All he needed was his number one receiver to be out of the lineup. Go figure. Uh, two of his top scoring days of the season in back-to-back efforts against tougher defenses too. Nonetheless, going on 23-23, he did have that 10-point dud against Minnesota when you, when you go and trust him again. But QB 3-6 and six in that span, he had a thumb issue, did not sideline him for the game. So ultimately when they come back and play, that, that's generally a good sign for his next week availability. Uh, but Car- you know he's going to get Carolina. We just saw Brady bomb that team for four touchdowns. He'd be right in play, Matthew Stafford. And of course, 
if David Blau or Chase Daniel, whoever the hell it would end up being, would be a serious downgrade for Marvin Jones or any of those guys. Uh, so definitely one you need to make sure you are tracking there um, with Matthew Stafford's status. Jamichael Hasty suffered a broken collarbone pretty early in the game. We saw McKinnon get rid for 18 carries, uh, one catch. I mean, pathetic 33 yards, not even two yards a clip. Jordan Howard-esque, doing his best Jordan Howard, Jack McKinnon there. Just disgusting. And on a day they threw the ball 39 times, you only caught three balls. Very concerning, both the uh, inefficiency and then also the, the weird lack of receiving usage is where he, he typically, McKinnon, does his damage. Not what you wanted to see. They ultimately have a bye this week, and I expect Mostert to be back. Um, and, and, you know, open door. Not just Michael Hasty was ever really going to be holding Mostert off the field. Uh, but this is just clear cut. Welcome on back, our stud. Let's hope Mostert can stay healthy because, man, that guy's been a monster. I mean, he'd be right back into my top, I'd want to say, 40 overall on my rest of season big board. If you could guarantee me the rest of the season, he'd be top 20. The, the way this guy was playing, great speed, hits those holes, the perfect fit for the zone blocking scheme. So Jamichael Hasty's injury just makes this a little less cloudy when we get back in week 10. We'll see what Tevin Coleman's status, though, uh, about that come then. We last two injuries we've got here. Uh, Traquan Smith originally carted off. He did end up walking to the locker room with a concussion, uh, but that seemed pretty woozy. I doubt he's going to be here for a gorgeous date against Atlanta uh, with gunslinging Jameis Winston at the helm. We'll see again how that goes, but that, that bodes well for a guy like Emmanuel Sanders. Of course, Michael Thomas, we're still sitting here waiting for that breakout. Let me know your thoughts on Michael Thomas, folks, if you own him out there. Uh, is it time to panic? Because we've had some chances for, for him to correct these duds, and it has not happened. I, I believe he still has not even hit all his games combined haven't even hit what he averaged per game last year. Just sickening the underperformance from him. But this it will make this with Traquan Smith likely out an even clearer path. Not that Traquan Smith was hogging anything, but an even clearer path for him. Uh, Michael Thomas to rebound, get his season back on track, and maybe just maybe light it up. This is like the ultimate buy low window, in my opinion. Uh, if your trade deadline hasn't passed. But then again, you're also welcoming in a potential just locker room cancer at this point to your fantasy uh, environment. Do you really want this guy? It depends on how low his owner's willing to go. Worth tossing out feelers, but I'm not sitting here sprinting after Michael Thomas at this point. Let me know your guys' thoughts on him. Uh, Danny Amendola, not quite the uh, name of Michael Thomas here. What a transition. But he is out with a uh, hip injury, gets knocked out early, does not return, uh, leading to that massive Marvin Jones 10 target, uh, 8 catch, 96 TD day. Uh, looked like it could even be bigger if he was in overshot a couple times there. But with him out, Galladay also out, it could be a Marvin Jones bonanza. Uh, Carolina got a tougher defense, although we saw them get just bombarded by Brady, pissed off Brady this last week. Uh, if their only task, though, is getting rid of Marvin Jones, that's not the ultimate order there. So they could certainly take care of that, in my opinion. Drew Locke, the last player that might be in your lineups, hopefully never again for you. Chance he's going to miss week 11. Might be for the best for everybody should he miss week 11. Just when you think you can trust him, he wins million millionaire maker for an owner. Uh, looks ready to go in another easy matchup. Bam. Complete dud. Like five points. Fucking sickening effort by Drew Locke. Uh, might be in, might be out. Do you really care what this guy does? Easy, easy cut this week. And then just some non-fantasy players, but big impacts on the field. Andrew Whitworth is going to be on IR, uh, tearing his MCL and a PCL strain within there as well. Just a disgusting, not a, an ACL, so he could be back at some point. But that that hurts this entire offense. Already a thin line. 
um, it gets even thinner. It loses their best piece signed to a three-year 30 mil extension. Not what you want to see for Jared Goff, who does not play un- well under pressure. His blindside protector going to be gone now. The run game already, the holes haven't been great. Uh, this is like the one side that they typically ran at, the left side off tackle. There, there's going to be a, this is going to trickle down because that line already sucks. And this is the one piece that was typically dependable for him. So that's brutal. Uh, and another great blocker out there. Nick Boyle, uh, yeah, I see some sad faces coming on the reactions there and totally deserved. Uh, Nick Boyle, I don't think the sad faces for him, but man, that injury looked disgusting. He is probably the best blocking tight end in all of football. Not that you were hopefully reliant on that Ravens run game, especially when it's a three-headed nightmare, uh, Lamar Jackson, but th- this guy was just paving massive holes around the end and all that good stuff. So his his presence will be felt in the run game that, that you already hopefully weren't leaning upon. And last but not least, Sam Darnold ruled out for week 11. So Brashad Bowerman, fire him on up. He has that chemistry with Joe Flacco. Um, so j- just take a look at him, Brashad Perriman, uh out there as a potential. Why don't we even transition to this uh, s- sneaky stash ahead of tonight? Uh, depending on your league, if you're in Yahoo or wherever you're at, you can potentially make some moves on the guys that haven't played yet. So your Bears and Vikings, maybe Corderell Patterson, right? Let's see what he does in this spot start here. What if he lights it up in this revenge game? I'd like to have him on my bench to see what happens. Uh, you could also pick up Perriman, who we just mentioned. Um, Cowboys didn't play. So Tony Pollard, Dalton Schultz for as horrible as the position is, he had back-to-back decent weeks, uh, with his new quarterbacks, the easiest, uh, top five, easy schedule for tight ends for Dalton Schultz moving forward. You could look for Watkins who's dropped elsewhere, Hardman, uh, chiefs defense, but I always like to, you know, maybe had your Michael hasty on your bench, right? You know, you're cutting him anyways. Pick up a stash and see what Corderell does, or maybe even Godforsaken Lamar Miller, for that that matter. Ultimately, could be a play as well. I never like to stand pat though, so check what your league does. See if you can make some moves tonight. Uh, get rid of some of the trash you know you're cutting anyways, and get a little flyer, get a little action in uh, for tonight. And then let's talk about the last call for the waiver wire here. Alan Lazard, forty-two percent owned. Wayne Gallman. If they're out there, they're, they're right at the top of this list. This week, we saw two touchdowns from Gallman, 58 yards, nothing sexy on his 18 carries, uh, but runs with power, runs hard, and he's certainly good at the goal line there. That was kind of his calling card coming out. Um, so ultimately, it, with Devonta Freeman now on the IR for at least the next two weeks, you're getting at least two to three usable starts coming forward. Not a great schedule, but he also hasn't had a great schedule, and he's put up now 14 or more PPR points in four straight weeks. He's scored... I think now six touchdowns across four games. I mean, end zone monster right now for Wayne Gallman. And then Alan Lazard, the clear cut number two. Yeah, MBS had his blow up game. I saw it. We all saw it. Crazy broken play that that he just big rope from Aaron Rodgers. Alan Lazard, though, he's the clear cut number two, in my opinion. I know we only saw three games of it, but he's the only one that was dependable across from Devontae Adams so far this year. We've still seen multiple drops from MBS, multiple death stares from Aaron Rodgers. So if those guys are out there, uh, they're at the top of my list, ultimately not out there in a ton of leagues, um, but worth checking first. Now, if they're not out there, my number one waiver wire pickup, my number one waiver wire running back, but just overall in general, would be Salvin Ahmed. Uh, for the the Dolphins, just walks right in uh, with, again, the inactive Jordan Howard, who was cut today. 21 carries, 85 yards, and a TD for Ahmed. Looking just nice burst, seeing the whole well, always falling forward. Just kind of looked like Miles Gaskin was back. Like nothing sexy, nothing flashy, 
but just moving the chains, getting the, you know, active in the receiving game. He ran 15 routes, was the only Dolphins running back to run a single route. He played 44 of 58 snaps, 75% of them, handling 84% of the carries. I mean, DeAndre Washington only had two touches, the next closest guy out of the backfield. So this is the Ahmed show for however long Gaskin's out. Might be another week, might be two weeks. That's why you don't go crazy, but I'd say 15 to 20% if you need a fill-in, plug-in running back is more than viable for Ahmed, um, especially, again, with Jordan Howard just constantly out of the picture. You know it's going to be the Ahmed show for at least a, a week or two and just racking up those nice points there. Um, gets Denver coming up, who we just saw get battered by multiple Rams running backs, Booker in the revenge game, but also Jacobs, four touchdowns on the ground. Then you got the Jets, Cincy, Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City decent, but not against the run. So you got a nice soft slate. Uh, and if he's somehow the guy in the playoffs, I mean, New England's one of the worst rundies in the league this year, week 15 in Vegas, uh, bottom three, third most points. So not really a tough matchup. Denver looking like the hardest on his schedule. Uh, but even then, not too bad. So Salvin Ahmed, uh, definitely my favorite waiver wire pickup of the week, followed by Naeem Hines, uh, the number two running back, right around number three or four overall in my waiver wire rankings. Um, 12 carries, 70 yards, and a score. We all saw the Thursday night. I mean, the sad faces should come in for Jonathan Taylor. Disgusting, despicable performance here. But also Naeem Hines, 45 yards through the air, another score, so 115 total, two touchdowns total. Monstrous performance for Naeem Hines. Um, thriving just in every facet of that backfield offense, moving nice and efficient with him. A great name to file away. Uh, we'll see. It wasn't necessarily even gameful. That's the thing with him, him playing 39 snaps compared to 17 for Taylor, 14 for Wilkins. It, it wasn't like they were down and that was the, the obvious script for Hines to go. They, they were up pretty big and they just were riding the hot hand and Hines answered the bell every single time answered it call. So uh, I, I like Hines. Nifty little player. I still think this backfield's a, a hellish, hellish thing to try to figure out. But ultimately, they do have the second easiest schedule among running backs moving forward. So it was all about who is going to be Taylor that takes advantage? Is it going to be Wilkins? Well, maybe that answer is, as Ian Hart, it's the, the great Ian Hart's tweeted out, maybe the answer is Naeem Hines. Uh, that was before the blow up. So good call there, Hart. It's, um, and clearly, if it is Hines and he gets to take over that schedule, he'd be by far the most valuable pickup of the week. So maybe the highest ceiling play. This week, Naeem Hines, uh, in case he does take over that backfield. Number three for running back, Kalen Balaj, 19% owned. I mean, 18 carries, 68 yards, 3.8 yards per clip. Nothing great there. Uh, but the, the key was he ran 22 pass routes, seventh among all running backs for week 10, uh, which is just kind of nuts, to be honest. He caught, he caught five of six targets on those routes as well, 34 yards just looking like a, a, a workhorse at this point. Um, Snaps-wise was by far the, the heavy leader in the snaps. It looks like I, Pat Thorman put this one together. Balazs had 2.4, 2.5 more touches than Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Hunter Henry combined. I mean, the, the focal point of the offense this past week. Uh, so whatever that means moving forward, we don't know. Eckler running routes, looking decently explosive in those videos. Should be back within a week or two. But until then, Balaj is going to be the play. Uh, Pope didn't even touch the field, the guy that I was uh, assuming it might be. Josh Kelly was on the field uh, far less than um, than Balaj, who again uh, played. Uh, and then you look at the schedule too. Jets, 
Buffalo, New England, three green matchups, three bottom eight teams against the run. So depending on how long it takes Eckler to get back, Balazs has a cakewalk schedule, um, gets to stick it to Gase next week too. Uh, I really like Balazs, um, one week stream or, or rest of season wise. The only other running backs to note, Cam Akers saw the most carries, even though he played the the fewest snaps of all the, the Rams running backs. He still carried the most, uh, 32 snaps for Brown, 30 uh, 20 snaps for Henderson, 18 for Akers. But Akers did touch the ball 10 times when he was in, which led the team. His 38 rushing yards led the team. But you also have Malcolm Brown scoring two. You have Dale Henderson getting the start. It's a disgusting backfield, but Akers is somewhat worth a stash to see how this plays out, to see what happens here. Um, somewhat intriguing, mildly intriguing to me because the talent is still there. And it, maybe he takes over, but that line also is about to be a bag of shit. In terms of wide receivers, Michael Pittman, my number one of the week, only 10% own. Is he the next big rookie receiver breakout? It sure seems so. Uh, dominated the snap counts, 57, led the team. T.Y. Hilton was the next closest with 47. That was right around, I, I want to say, 90% of the snaps for Pittman after he had 87%. We said on the Thursday night kickoff show, pick this guy up, the, the stash we were talking about earlier. Pittman was my stash on Thursday night. So catch that show at 7 p.m. If you missed it, we'll give you some waiver pickups before we kick off. Pittman was my guy, and he sure lived up to it. Um, again, 101 yards, seven catches on eight targets, which all led the team, and another 21-yard rush for good measure. So the usage is great. It, it creative, volume-wise, it's there. Uh, the talent is certainly there. He's one of our favorite receivers coming out and we love the landing spot, like a, a Michael Thomas light, the big body, Frank Reich, like hearkening, you know, the Vincent Jackson comparisons. We're seeing why uh, it's really coming to fruition. And I, I never want to put too much faith in a Philip Rivers receiver right here. And you never know from week to week who's going to lead that team in receiving. But I do think Michael Pittman, if there's going to be a, a rod of consistency and rod being this guy's a fucking monster, uh, it could really be Pittman. So I love picking that guy up off the waiver wires. Number two, though, would be Jalen Rager. Uh, the, the, also another rookie receiver, just primed to break out. Led the Eagles in targets after just coming back, second game back from injury. Uh, seven targets, not an insane share, not an insane volume amount, but but promising to see. It looks fully healthy, was running routes all at every layer of the field, catching some short and after the catch, getting deep. The only issue here is is Carson Wentz playing bottom five QB. He's had a couple blow-up games, but otherwise doesn't seem like he's ready to get back on track. Um, the schedule, though, is a joke. Third easiest schedule for wide receivers moving forward, including, I think, the second easiest in the playoffs. Uh, and this was with, you know, uh, the the target lead coming with Hightower, uh, Jeffrey, back on the field. He played 59 snaps, tying Travis Fulgham for the lead among receivers. So Rager could be that main guy and has the schedule to really capitalize. It's just a matter of can Wentz get it together. I don't think he does, but it's still worth a stash and at only 26% owned. Go check if Jalen Rager is still out there after uh, leading this team in targets after their bye week. My number three receiver pickup would be Josh Reynolds. Want to hear a fun stat? Unless you own Robert Woods. <laughs> Josh Reynolds has more targets than Woods since the end of week four, courtesy of uh, JJ Zacharyson, a hat tip there for that stat. Um, <laughs> even more tilting, Reynolds has 19, 15 plus air yard targets this year. Woods and Cup each have 11. Oh. oh, just when you think Robert Woods is due for his massive explosion, it's Josh Reynolds who capitalizes eight of 10 targets, both 
team high, 94 yards, another team high, winning 50-50 balls, winning after the catch, uh, breaking tackles, going deep. I mean, they're using this guy, Josh Reynolds, big body, big frame to, to his max at this point. And the, again, Cooper Cup, only seven targets. Woods, only six. This guy, Josh Reynolds, is lighting it up. And if he was your desperation plug-in, like maybe the third against, uh, against the Seahawks, congratulations to you. Uh, ultimately, moving forward, they have the easiest schedule in the playoffs, uh, third, uh, fourth easiest among all wide receivers. So there's the narrative. If Josh Reynolds keeps this up, now I'm not sitting here saying I think Josh Reynolds is going to be the number one for the Rams still, but he's showing the ability. He has the frame. I mean, he, he has the talent, it looks like. He has been the number one for the last four weeks outside of Cooper Cup's ridiculous 20-target day. Reynolds is well worth a look, especially if this team's going to have to chuck more often with the injuries uh, if they get down. So Josh Reynolds, one of the biggest names to check on your waiver wire. Other receivers would be Tim Patrick, 24%. Just a sturdy, steady diet of volume. This week, eight points was his lowest in the last five weeks, but he also got ejected early, which you love. You love the fire. Even if you played him, you don't love it. But I like a guy that plays ball with that much passion. And uh, he's he's balling out. Just a high floor, high ceiling, easy schedule. There's a trend of these wave wire receivers. A lot of easy schedules baked into the, the play here. Um, and then Jakeem Grant scores the touchdown, a DFS darling this week, ended up paying off four targets, uh, four catches on five targets, 43 yards. And the score just game changing speed was, you know, uh, called, I think the NASCAR in college for, for the wheels he brought to the table, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, staple back then Grant can get it. Grant can get deep. He can burn after the catch. We've seen his punt return skills that, you know, he applies that there could be some more big days coming with. We got the hampered Preston Williams. We got Devontae Parker falling out of uh, Tua's favor. There's there's a path for Jakeem Grant to do some things down the stretch. At only five percent owned, uh, someone to t- chuck some some a dollar at if you're de- desperate wide receiver. Um, oh, the other running back I, I wanted to bring up, other than Acres, I forgot was Alex Collins. Eleven carries, forty two yards, and a TD. The only reason I didn't want to spend a ton of time on that was it's looking like Carson's a lock to be back in, and if so. You can't expect much from Collins, but at minimum, it's no longer DJ Dallas. That's the handcuff. Ship that ass or fuck out and and stock up on Collins if you need a handcuff here, um, even though Carlos Hyde could also be packed too. And the last two names at Waiver Wire, and then I'll get to your 30 questions. Uh, we got plenty of time before kickoff, so if you have some kickoff questions, Waiver Wire questions involving people tonight, let me know. But Jameis, motherfucking Winston, 1% owned right now. About to be back in. Let's go. Nothing better than this guy slinging it all over the field, chucking picks, chucking touchdowns. And what better game for him to enter than against the Falcons? The worst D in the league, giving up the most fantasy points uh, to quarterbacks. It's it's the perfect scenario for this guy. And as we said earlier, at the top with the Breeze injury, uh, courtesy Pat Thorman, 66% completion rate for Winston against the Falcons. 8.7 yards per attempt. Love slinging it. 25 touchdowns to nine interceptions, a 109.1 passer rating. One of the few teams this guy just carves up without mistakes. Um, and he's going to get Jameis Winston. Let's say Breeze misses three games. Gets the Falcons, then the Broncos, bottom seven defense against quarterbacks, and then the Falcons again. Oh, baby. Eagles, the next one up too. Not, not a scary defense. By any means, if if that's the next game in four weeks, this thing lingers. Uh, but with these weapons, Mike Thomas, 
uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Jared Cook, obviously Kamara. Winston can get it done. If you're struggling at quarterback or you're especially in a two-quarterback league needing something, sell the farm, baby. Winston's about to go crazy with that schedule. Uh, of course, Taysom Hill could end up being the guy, and we do want to shout out tight end eligibility in ESPN leagues. Um, he'll probably sprinkle in a little bit more than we're accustomed to, to the much to the fucking sickening ugh, degree that it already is. Um, but but at tight end, if you can play him there, worth it. Because what else are you get from your tight end? You're praying for a touchdown or bust. I'd give Taysom Hill just as much odds, if not better odds, to score a touchdown than. 80% of the tight ends in this league at this point. Uh, so Winston, definitely the first man up, should be making the start no matter how coy uh, good old freaking Sean Payton wants to keep it. Uh, I'm a big fan of Jameis Winston moving forward. And then last uh, pickup of the week, just Logan Thomas, somehow still out there in, in nearly 70% of leagues. Should be close to 100% owned given how bad this tight end position is. Like, let's let's clean that wave of wire up, folks. Check for Logan Thomas. Just another air buffet Played 88 of uh, 89 snaps uh, this week. So pretty much just about an every down player. Saw six targets, 66 yards. You know, uh, four catches on it, 10 plus points in three straight, three or four weeks rather. Not bad. Really kind of steadying out since Dwayne Haskins has been benched. That ugly, useless volume has become somewhat decent uh, with all these injuries. So I hopefully helped you out uh, with any of these waiver wires and injury updates. I appreciate you guys bringing some news to my um, my attention, which is great. Uh, I'll be live tomorrow at 5.30 getting my week 11 ranking set. Hopefully we're all celebrating wins and getting what we need tonight and not uh, depressed. We don't want a depressed wolf, even though you guys might like it for your own entertainment drinking-wise. Uh, no, no need for that on a Tuesday night. So let's, uh, let's hope Thielen stays quiet, folks. And whatever you need, though, uh, if you need Thielen, hopefully you need less than 17. He can get 15. That's fine with me. Uh, just let's not have him go crazy. Um, but thanks you guys so much for tuning in. Awesome. As always, Wolfpack, you can find me at Roto street wolf. As you see there, all our content at RotoStreetJournal.com. We breed and feed fantasy wolves and the fantasy fullback dive. We paved that path to 2020 titles. If you're listening there, thank you so much. Reviews and subscriptions are so, so appreciated, whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, or of course the podcast Wolfpack. Thanks so much. I got a last minute question. It's Austin Ferster, so I got to answer it for you. Mahomes, Chubb, Gibson, DK, MT, Diggs. Shit, that's a championship roster. Claypool, Rojo, or Mike Williams, or Flex. Love me some Claypool. He's a monster, Austin. Uh, And Harrison Harrison Bryant with Hooper back? Yeah, useless. Didn't even get a target, and Hooper was useless too. Very cuttable. Need six from Cook in one league. You got got that. No injury. I don't want to jinx him. But as long as he stays healthy, you're good to go, Omar. Uh, thank you. You're the best too, man. Long, long time you've been here with us, and I really, really appreciate it. You guys are the best, Wolfpack. Thanks again so much. Uh, I'm the Wolf at Rose Street Wolf. See you guys later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd. Take our final bow Oh, it's our time to go But at least we stole the show 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 Straight ahead Devlin, second down Third effort Touchdown Oh!
football right there, folks.